This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. Romarna 5, kapitel 5, vers 1-5. Vers da vi alltså er blitt rettferdige ved tro, har vi fred med Gud ved vår Herre Jesus Kristus. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Gjennom han har vi også ved tro fått adgang til den nåde vi står i, og vi har stolte over håpet om Guds herlighet. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Ja, ikke bare det. Vi er også stolte over lidelsen, for vi vet at lidelsen gir utholdenhet. Utholdenheten et prøvet sin, og det prøvede sin håp. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Og håpet skuffer ikke, for Guds kjærlighet er utøst i våre hjerter ved den hellige ånd som han har gitt oss. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Again, I'm uh, Neil, the staff leadership pastor, and um, we have been in a series called Living Faith, and uh, a lot of this summer. And uh, really, what we're trying to do together, one, is to acknowledge that uh, you know we, we realize that as people who uh, say we're following Christ and who are uh, usually in church, uh, we we are vulnerable to simply saying we believe certain things yet not really allowing it to become real uh, in our life. And uh, so we've been exploring how does faith come alive in us beyond just what we say we believe. And we've been looking at that through uh, uh, some of the, the, the people we know from history and the Bible. Uh, we've been hearing that through some, some uh, people as they've shared from their own lives. And I just want to, uh, I guess, speak to you wherever you are here today. Uh, if you're a follower of Christ, and um, then just to remind you, we are constantly in need of continuing to deepen what it means to, to allow faith in us to become alive and continue to explore what that means. If you're a guest with us or, or you're here and you're not a follower of Christ, uh, we want this to be a safe place to really explore what does it mean for, for faith to come alive in a way beyond what I just say I believe. And so we're going to continue in this journey. We're having a conversation today with Brian and Janelle Hagee. And um, this, we, we've thought about calling this uh, Sunday morning live with Neil. And uh, <laughs> that was your idea. And I thought, I thought Actually, it was Actually, I said great. late night so, with Neil, but that wouldn't work in the morning services. Yeah, and uh, we've kind of tried to recreate Tyler's office here uh, this morning. But with my... Yeah, it would be. And uh, I need to point out something really important here. There's a monkey in the tree back here. <laughs> Um, this, that's because this came out of my office. And if you know me, I have this thing for monkeys. And so 
this is Brian and Janelle Hagee, and uh, they have been a part of our church for a long time. Uh, when I say that, I, I was reminded this week that you got, your names are on this thing we call the charter. There's this original charter that was signed back uh, when Community Covenant Church was first started. And it actually ha- happens to be in the hallway outside of my office. And that tells me one of two things. Well, two things. That you guys were here in 1996 uh, when, when that happened. And secondly, uh, you must have been like little kids at that time. I was 14. <laughs> We married young. Yeah, okay. Um, and so uh, I know there's been a journey of you weren't here that whole time and you left and you came back or whatever, but I know in particular, uh, a little over three years ago, you guys uh, entered into a journey uh, that's taken you kind of a, a lot of places this, uh, this last three years. Can you, can you step back and kind of give us the big picture of kind of where you went these past three years as a starting point and what you did? Okay, so the nutshell of where we've been, we sold our house in July of 2009, and in September, we uh, joined an international mission organization called YWAM, which stands for Youth with a Mission. They really liked the youth part of that. It made them feel young. (laughs) I'm holding on to that. And we went to training in Kona, Hawaii, and I know a lot of you were bitter about that. But that was, where, that was where God called us for training as a family, and we went from Kona to India on something called outreach. So we spent some time in a classroom, and then we went as a class to serve, and our part of the class went to India. And then we came back here for a very brief time um, to gather our wits about us, and then we went to Germany for about a month while we waited for basically work permits, green cards to get into Norway. And now we've been living in Norway for just about two years. Okay. And uh, you guys just returned from Norway a um, couple... End of, March, End of March, we were in the okay. lower 48. Okay. We came back up here in June. Okay. And uh, I, now, it, it's, you know, if we don't say more, it just sounds like one day you guys decided to get up and leave. Brian, can you, can you give us a little bit more of the context for that initial step and what that meant for you guys as a family, how you wrestle with that. Sure. Uh, I I work for Alaska Airlines as a pilot, and uh, in uh, June, July of 2009, we got the offer to to take a voluntary furlough from work because they were laying some guys off. So uh, Janelle had been to a worship conference, and she came home, and we kind of sat across the couch from each other. And things have been happening in our lives up to this point. There's something stirring in our lives to, to do something different, uh, to, to maybe just totally get away from the norm, and we didn't know what that meant at all. Uh, but when she came home from the conference and I had heard about this voluntary furlough, we, I remember specifically just sitting across the couch from each other, looking at each other, and uh, just both of us were just weeping, just not understanding what, what was going on. Um, uh, we didn't have a job to go to. We didn't have another thing to go to. We weren't sure what was out there, but we just, knew just that to we were clarify, to clarify, voluntary furlough means you don't get paid. Right. Just to make yeah, you don't so. get paid. Yeah. So uh, the opportunity was there to um, stay an Alaska employee by name, but to leave for a year and a half. That was the opportunity, so that I could come back to my job later. Um, yeah. And so we, uh, we just looked at each other and prayed about it, and we knew that uh, we knew that we were supposed to do something different. Mm-hmm. This is the faith part. This is the, wow, I'm a faithful guy part. Uh, uh, so we, we, we made the decision at that time, we're going to take this voluntary furlough, give up our job, and, uh, and we had no clue what we were going to do at all. Um, we had some ideas. Missions was one of them. 
maybe working in a camp as a family, uh, a Christian camp somewhere in the United States was another one. And then Janelle had some interest in going to uh, Hillsong in uh, Australia for worship leader type mm-hmm. stuff. So those are kind of the ideas that we mm-hmm. had. But we weren't sure what we were going to do at all. So I had to sign on the dotted line before we had a plan, which for me was not an easy thing to do because I am the planner. He's a and, planner, let me tell you. So. And uh, probably most guys are the planners. Uh, and I'm sure there's many ladies that are planners too. But for me, this was a very difficult thing to do because I want everything set in stone. I want a plan. I was in the military, so I had a plan most of my life, uh, or else it was given to me. The plan was given to me, but at least I had a plan. Uh, And uh, and in this case, it was completely open-ended with uh, just, we didn't know what we were going to do. But it was instrumental when we sat uh, across from Brian and Jamie Nanaga, who used to be the youth pastors at our church, and they were kind of the ones who God spoke through uh, to us. And he just looked at Janelle and I and he said, you know what, you guys, you guys are trained. You guys are already equipped. You need to go and find a place to serve. And when he, when he said that, it kind of struck a chord for both of us that, you know what, we think missions is where we should go. That's, mm-hmm. that's definitely where we need to go. Um, of course, it took a little training to get there because every organization does. But uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of how we got pushed in that direction. So okay. uh, the, the part that I, that I don't share is that uh, I didn't share is that, you know, I think this was a huge faith step. I think Mark said it in one, his very last sermon, and uh, he said something to the effect that everything I've done in my life, uh, that I've just taken a step in faith, has been some of the most exciting things that I've ever done and have just been amazing for me. He said something to that effect. And I would have to say that that's very true for us in this case because I didn't know what was going to happen. It was a complete step of faith to, to just give up my job and say, okay, what's next, God? We don't know what's next. But the the... The part that, um, that's the, the great part that looks great, but behind the scenes, I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. Absolutely scared to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the bottom line, is what am I doing? I got three kids, I got a wife to support, I'm, I'm giving up a very good job for zero income, and what is next? I don't understand this, God. What does this mean? So, uh, it was very stressful for me. I can't say that I just walked boldly out in, in faith and, and didn't have some fear of the unknown there, because it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, looking back now on that time in our lives, it was probably the most exciting time that we've ever had in our life. Mm-hmm. Just relying completely on God and just saying, mm-hmm. God, we, everything is ours. Our money that we have in the bank is ours. Our life is ours. We're just open, an open book. Yeah. And that was really cool. That was yeah. a really neat experience. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to say, walking alongside Brian, knowing he's very type A, and some of you ladies know exactly what I'm talking about, I knew there was fear there, and I knew, you know, there was the burden on his shoulders of this family of five. But I have to say, unlike any other time in our marriage, there was a joy and a peace to him that was not humanly explainable. And, you know, what he didn't say was, on I got home from the worship leader conference on a Friday night. On Saturday night, we decided to take this leave of absence from work. Monday night, our house, which had been for sale for three or four months, sold. And we packed up four weeks later, and we were out of our house, still not knowing what we were doing. And every day, our kids would come to us with the question, and both of us, not just me, but Brian, would confidently say, whatever the question was, I don't know, but God has a plan. And he meant it. So even though he speaks to the fear and the concern, there was also a joy and a boldness in his stepping out in faith that was, it was so God. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I just remember the fear part. You just remember the fear, yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
so let, let's let's jump let's jump into uh, I don't let, let's not spend any time really on the Hawaii thing because none of us really care that we are. Gonna, just I understand. So, by the way, my wife, my, my family and I were just in uh, on the Big Island recently, and we went drove by the this center. And it's it like, was legit. It's I like three you. minutes from the beach. Okay, so anyway. Um, but they really do have buildings there, so I knew that you were, where you had been. Um, and let's move ahead to, and again, you spent time in India, but then you ended up in Norway. Um, can you tell, talk a little bit about the struggle with, uh, Norway was not India. No. What, was there, there was a little struggle for you, Brian. No, that's can a you, huge difference. Yeah. Uh, in YWAM, it's a very decentralized organization. You were responsible for listening to God's call in your life and then following that call to wherever he places you. Uh, they don't really help you very much to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to our training thinking maybe we'd get a little help on where to go next because we had, at that time, a year to serve. It ended up being two years because I was able to extend my furlough an extra year. Um, so we were struggling through our whole training. Uh, I was struggling through our whole training, trying to figure out a place for our family to plant themselves in missions after that. And that same sounds kind of weird because you would think, Hey, it's the whole world. There's got to be lots of need out there. Come on, that can connect you easily. But it didn't work that way for us. So through our whole training, and even in India, I'm sitting in an internet cafe surrounded by Indian guys, you know, speaking Hindi, and I'm in my in my little stall there, doing emails, trying to talk to people on Skype, trying to connect and network with people to try to figure it out. Sweating because it's 115 degrees in there, you know, and. It was, it was a time where we were still, it was complete reliance on God because we were getting to the end of our time in India and we hadn't found a place to, to go yet. Um, we had some, made some connections to some Norwegians uh, during our training time and they had invited us to pursue a relationship with a YWAM base in Norway. And for me, I, I did not want to go to Norway. I absolutely did not want to go to Norway. That wasn't where a person who's doing missions should go. Uh, they should be in Cambodia or India or Africa. Uh, and so we are pursuing very strongly also an option in South Africa. And, uh, and it wasn't working. It just wasn't working. It was like all the wall. We just kept hitting walls along the way. It, nothing was, was gelling with that. Uh, and these people kept saying, you really should look into this base in Norway. And, you know, and I was praying the whole time, you know, I'm the leader, God, come on. I got to have a place to bring my family. What's going on? We came all this way. Why are you letting me down, God? I mean, this is, again, last minute kind of thing, you know. And uh, and of course, um, that connection was what ended up getting us to Norway. Uh, and I went uh, fighting tooth and nail because I did not want to go to a Western country and be a missionary in a Western country. That just didn't sound right to me. Uh, and how can I justify that to all those people at Community Covenant that are uh, that are backing me in this thing? You know, they want to know the stories about how I'm helping the poor ch- child who's laying in the gutter. You know, yeah. so that was my that was my thought. I'm just being honest. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> um, Keeping it real. Yeah. And so uh, and so I, I really we battled back and forth and not battled, but we struggled back and forth with this thing. But as soon as we um, made the contact in Norway and the doors just started. Mm-hmm. widely opening for us to go there. Uh, we be, begin to step through them in, in that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's kind of funny because she mentioned that we went to, um, to Germany. But the reason we did is because we are so last minute, we didn't even have work permits to get into Norway. Mm-hmm. So we actually bought tickets and left to go to Europe, not even knowing if we were going to get these work permits to work in Norway. So 
every step along the way for us has been a last minute in this process. I mean, every step for everything that we've done. And I think it's because God knows maybe more who I am rather than who she is. Uh, because I like to rely. Doesn't he know me? Yeah, he knows you. Oh, yeah. okay. But I like to rely on myself. I mean, that's the bottom line. I love Jesus. If you know me, if you've talked to me, we don't have to talk long about deep things for you to figure out that I love Jesus. And I, I do, and I have for a long time. But I actually like to depend on myself as well. And for me, for me, it's a, it's a battle. It's a battle in my soul all the time. Me or Jesus, me or Jesus. And uh, that, that reliance um, of wait, him waiting to the last minute on every step of this thing just completely kept me on my knees and, uh, you know, completely relying on him instead of me. And it was hard for me. I struggled big time throughout the process. Yeah. But, but in the end, uh, I'm very thankful that God did it this way because I, I really have um, built my understanding of what it means to really be reliant on, on Christ and all. Aspects. We'll talk a little bit later uh, of maybe some specific ways you think God equipped you in Norway in preparing you to come back. But uh, Janelle, can you describe a little bit what did you guys do primarily in Norway and, and what are some of the challenges, both joys and challenges that you experienced? Uh, in Norway, again, part of that struggle of this is not what our definition of missionary life is. Um, our kids ended up being in school. Uh, which some of you know we are a homeschooling family so to leave here and to go put our kids in school was another like what why are we doing that that's not what our plan was to go and serve as missionaries as a family but that's how God orchestrated it and um, Brian and I ended up playing a role at the base they call it a base that we were at the YOM base was about 50 people primarily between the ages of 19 to 25 I would say and Essentially, Brian and I came alongside the bulk of them and did life with them, and we walked with them. They were coming from as many as 17 nations to our base in Norway, and so a very international group. And as you can imagine, as you walk through life, these youth, most did not come from whole families. Most came broken in some way because that's life. And they were desperate for a mother figure or a father figure or to see family life in a way that they'd never seen. Um, so our, our home was open. There were weeks where we had what we call YWAMers. We had the, the young staff in our home as many as five nights a week. Um, our, our whole family wanted to pour into these young staff. And the very amazing thing was they ended up giving back and pouring into our kids and so basically, Brian and I served sort of in an office capacity, walking alongside with these young staffers, and that was kind of the normal life, but our heart at our base was very much for Europe, and there were many opportunities to leave Norway and to go into less developed, less blessed nations, such as Latvia, Estonia, Poland, and do week-long, two-week-long mission trips where you were serving the little girl laying in the street. And basically, our heart was to serve as a family as much as we could. So pretty much every time our, our base was leaving to go outside of Norway, we pulled our kids out of school, and we took them, and we went and served. Mm -hmm. So kind of two lives. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Now, I'm sure you guys are fluent in Norwegian now, too, right? Completely. I can put up the Norsk. Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, there's a, reason they, there's a reason these guys didn't read the scripture in Norwegian, and their kids did. So, um, I, Janelle, I, um, 
I'm going to pick on you for a minute just because something you said the other day. I mean, you um, you you felt um, you felt more alive. You felt more used in your gifts during that time than ever before. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you think made the difference or what was what was it about the environment there that you think allowed for that? That's a really good question. Um, It's a struggle because as a mom who is now going back to that homeschooling role, I can see in society, particularly Western society, it is very easy to to put our kids away in school and to to do things for me. So it's kind of a double-edged sword that I talk about that because I continue to believe and and convicted that these three beauties over here in the second row are my primary mission and my focus as long as they're under our roof. Um, So that was part of the struggle for me because going to Norway, my primary time was no longer spent with them. Um, However, uh, because of our life there, I I essentially was able to walk in who God allowed me and made me to be on a daily basis from 8 to 4 and often in the evenings. Um, Whether it was my passion for organization or my passion for decorating creativity, my passion for encouraging young women and young men, um, my passion for counseling couples, Brian and I got to do some of that, Uh, mentoring and walking with uh, just people that needed to figure out how to do life because they hadn't had it modeled to them. Um, It essentially was my dream job minus the pay. (laughs) Uh, And I got to do it every day. And I was, you know, I would have people say, why aren't you exhausted? And I have found, and it was confirmed in Norway, that when we are walking in how God wired us to walk, what should be exhausting energizes us and fills us with passion and more energy and yes you need to take care of yourself and set limits and boundaries but I was getting to do every day the various things that I love to do and it was definitely the most alive time I had as many as eight one-on-ones at a given time where I was meeting with them weekly and praying with them encouraging them giving them assignments on on how to do that some of that soul work that we often don't get taught how to do and Mm-hmm. It was just it was it was a peak experience for mm-hmm. me. Uh, if you if you don't know Janelle, uh, one thing you need to know about her is if you if you're in a room with her very long, uh, she doesn't stay surface. You know, you know how some of you do with we stay surface conversations. Oh, how you doing? Da, 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 da. She'll just dive right into stuff in your heart. And you're like, oh, wait, I didn't I didn't give you permission to go there. But at the same time, that's one of the ways God uses her. And my sense is that you, you just were able to really live into that. Uh, in that, and so that's that's really that's really cool. Um, you know, I would love to bring you guys up and have you share how I know you guys uh, as as kids have your lives have been changed. And I want to encourage you. Um, I'm going to put them on the spot in the sense that go and ask them today. Say, tell me something that God did in your your life. They didn't feel like they wanted to to get up here and share that. Uh, we kind of put them on the spot this morning, but uh, I I know that their lives have been changed in that. Um, Brian, can you talk a little bit about, you've already been talking about how this was, a, has, was just a huge faith challenge and how your faith has come alive. Can you talk a little bit more about that, especially in context of this Romans 5 passage? Um, yeah. yeah, I think I was reading that, and uh, I think that I chose that passage basically because it summarized our, our experience, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I, I think it's really neat that uh, the passage talks about you know, our faith and then it, it's faith and grace, faith and grace, faith and grace. Mm-hmm. And, 
You know, I, I've, I learned a deeper sense and understanding of the, just the grace, mm-hmm. the grace of God and who God is in this, in this incredible experience. And especially seeing um, God's grace through these YWAMers that I met. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, one thing that's, that's really cool is as you pour into someone um, in a mentoring or discipling role, you really get as much back as you, as you give. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I just saw the, the transformation of people um, out there in the world, whether it be a, somebody from um, a Holland or somebody from Estonia or, you know, just, just God's grace working in their lives to, to bring them to an, a deeper understanding of who he mm-hmm. is. Uh, and as I input and pour it into their life, um, then I receive back um, just as much from them. Mm-hmm. But the second part of the verse is sufferings. And, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that we suffered. I mean, we didn't go without food. We didn't mm-hmm. go without water or a house. And we were very well taken care of. Um, and I need to address that. Don't let me forget. But the, the sufferings, you know, when things are hard. I mean, I, I address that. In my own way, I suffered some, some in, this, in this thing. And it was more a personal suffering way or our family going through hard times. But I really believe that verse when we talk about, you know, we, we all want a really nice, organized, safe life. And when you step out of that, that safety boundary, um, I believe that the blessings really uh, pour into our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, the sufferings, uh, I don't think, have to mean that we're, we're, uh, we're really sick or uh, things are really bad. But it could be a, a tough time in life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times uh, we pray for easy and I think through this experience, um, I've come to the point where I want to start praying for hard. I want to pray, start praying for difficult. I want to start praying for challenge. You go, you go right ahead on that, Brian. I'm just kidding. So, no. I'm just being honest. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but honestly, especially in America, things are, for a lot of people, it's, I'm not saying it's easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. But in general, the way we live our life, uh, we really want to pursue easy. We're, we're into easy. Um, and our society is built around that. And uh, and I think that God has a lot for us in the hard and the sufferings. You know, the verse talks about um, produce perseverance, Mm -hmm. character and hope. And and uh, Jensen was telling me, what does uh, character mean in Norwegian? Oh, yeah, it's the character in Norwegian is interpreted as challenged mind, challenged Mm -hmm. mind. And so, you know, if we really want character in our lives, then we, we need challenge in our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a big challenge for us and, mm-hmm. and our family. And um, stepping back into this, stepping back to the easy, I mean, coming back to Eagle River, Alaska is, and to a great job and to a great church and uh, old relationships that are new again is, is easy. And it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard. Um, I can't say coming back here has been easy for me at all. I've struggled. I've struggled mm-hmm. spiritually. I've struggled, uh, you know, um, just because before this past two and a half years, I've just had complete reliance on God. And now mm-hmm. I feel like I'm drifting back into that reliance mm-hmm. on what's around me and, mm-hmm. and what I can do for myself. And so it's a struggle. It's a constant, uh, constant battle. So mm-hmm. I was asked by a, a fellow pilot the other day who, who was a missionary kid himself. And he said, OK, so what's next? You know, what is your plan next? And I just had to look at it and I go, I'm not sure. I don't mm-hmm. know what's next. I don't, I'm not really sure what this mm-hmm. means going back to Eagle River. But yeah. I'm just excited. I'm just asking God for the challenge because I, I want to mm-hmm. be challenged here in Eagle River as well. I want, mm-hmm. uh, I want ministry here in Eagle River as well, mm-hmm. not just out there. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, 
I, I told these guys the other day um, that the very last thing that we want to do in this kind of an interaction is to give the impression that the mission field is out there, right? And then that you, to do that, you have to go out there or over there. Um, and we know, at least in our mind, we know that we're called to be on mission right here in everyday life. Um, and so, um, yeah, what does that look like coming back? And um, because, I mean, 99 percent of us aren't aren't called to to go and set aside our normal job and our normal everydayness and to go away. And where there is this focus, if you've ever been on a any kind of mission project or focus, whether it's for three days, a week, three weeks or two years, there is something about setting aside the kind of that everyday um, in order to have this focus. And I think that's hugely valuable. But part of it is, is we, we get out of our comfort zone. You, you spoke a little bit about that. Can you talk a little bit about that and the challenge coming back to, to either getting back into that comfort zone, but the challenge to, to, to still live with the lens of, of missional living? Well, I was telling Neil the other day that the irony or the light coming on was, you know, as hard as we fought going to Norway, especially Brian, because that wasn't our, our definition of a place that needs Jesus and we needed to suffer and we needed to go to a place where people are suffering. I can completely see how God was preparing us to return to life in America by sending us out to the richest, wealthiest, most blessed nation on earth because the things that we learned, the ways that our children learned to be different, even this last year, all three of them were at a Christian school in Norway and they were different. Jensen ended up being instrumental in leading one of her classmates to the Lord who said, I'd never seen what it looked like to be a real Christian until I met you and you came here. This was in a Christian school. And uh, I can see how God prepared all five of us to, to come back and to still be willing in this society to be a fish swimming upstream against the flow, against the current of society. And the ironic thing is that I think if, if you asked anybody what a missionary was, most people would not say it's, it's being light and salt in America on Dolly Madison or Bjorka Circle, wherever your street address is. Most people would say, oh, it's going to Thailand, it's going to Vietnam. And in a way, we have found it easier to walk by faith and to be bold for the gospel when we are taken out of our comfort zones in America. Um, but the reality is, like Neil just mentioned, I believe the bulk of us are not called to go out. We are called to be missional here. And there's no doubt in my mind God has prepared all five of us to, to do that in more confidence and more boldness after doing what we've done. Um, but it will be a fight because we're coming back to such a comfortable, familiar setting. And it's a, it's a choice, I believe, that we have to make. I believe that's part of the taking up the cross daily is God help me fight and not believe the lies of the society that it's all about me and it's all about my gratification. It's about my instant satisfaction for things. You actually gave me breath today to be light and salt to someone in my office, on my street, at, at a restaurant, at school, in the line waiting to pick up kids. But that is definitely a, a harder mindset, I think, when we're in our comfort zones. Mm -hmm. um. For you know, we're, we're going to have to kind of close our time. There's a lot more I'd love to. I got a chance to hear more, and I can't. We, we don't have time. So I, again, ask these guys more uh, um, over coffee, over lunch, or whatever. Uh, Brian, I know you wanted to not forget. Yes, to, thank so, you. So yeah. So 
coming full circle from that is that uh, I can look around this room and see many people that have supported our family uh, just in this one service, and I'm, I will hopefully be able to thank every service. But uh, our family just wants to thank those who supported us financially uh, on this thing. It took a lot of money to make this happen for a family of five, and this church was instrumental. It wasn't just the church that gave us money, because the church did, but we had many individuals here, uh, even in this room right now, that, that supported us financially. And I can do nothing except say thank you very much for, for doing that for our family, because uh, we couldn't have done it you know, without, without that, that financial support. And yes, it's incredibly important to do missions uh, here, but I would be probably doing a disservice to YWAM and to our experience if I didn't say that uh, I encourage all of you to, to look for that opportunity to get away from the norm and to get out of your comfort zone. And I think missions is a great way to do it. And, you know, we sometimes question, you know, what can I give? What can I give in missions? But I'm telling you that each person in here uh, in this room has something to give somewhere to missions. And I really highly encourage you to figure out how you can get plugged in into that uh, somewhere. And if you don't do that, I, I, I ask you, I beg you to uh, ask God who, who you can support financially uh, as a missionary. I mean, just in our base in, in Wyoming, Wyoming, Norway, we had about 50 different missionaries that needed support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just one small base in one mm-hmm. small country. Mm-hmm. And there's missionaries everywhere. And this church does give to missions, and it gives very strongly to missions. But as individuals, I would just, I'd just challenge you. Here's the challenge. You wanted to challenge, didn't you? <laughs> Here's the challenge is to uh, find a person that's involved in missions that you can support and be connected to. Mm-hmm. Because those relationships are so incredibly important. The relationships that we had with those who supported us were so incredibly mm-hmm. important to keep us going on a daily basis. Not just financially, but when we get encouraging emails and mm-hmm. you know, different things uh, that cause us, uh, and also to cause us to keep going, but also... The, the ministry um, with each other, the praying for each other, uh, the people that are supporting us mm-hmm. both financially and just backing us uh, mm-hmm. was overwhelmingly amazing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even you and me, yeah. we, we yeah. Neil and I, we uh, through email and just through this process, we became better friends. We did. I, I was yeah. I told him before he came back, somehow I feel like I, I've gone deeper with you relationally even though we've been a long ways apart just from those interactions. Yeah, and I mean, people out there need you guys. They really do. And John Piper, who has become one of my favorite speakers, uh, he has a very simple saying, and it's go, send, or disobey. And I think that really summarizes missions. We, we need to go or we need to send somebody. And if we're not doing two of those things, then we're probably disobeying yeah. what God has for us in, yeah. in, in missions and getting Jesus out into the world. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a challenge. Hey, I, um, I just want to say personally that one of the values that I've had in going out on some kind of project, in getting out of the norm, it's to be able to come back and more practically live with those missional glasses in everyday life. So I really do encourage you to think about those opportunities as ways of, of being challenged in that. And I, I want to um, I want to close by uh, in uh, reading a, a few verses farther down in Romans, uh, chapter 5, verses 8. Uh, Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his... I can't do this in Norwegian, by the way. If you want. Uh, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I share that with no, no matter where you are here, either as... Uh, someone who's, who is not follower of Christ, but you're sitting here, you're exploring, you're, uh, you're wondering what this is all about. Can there really be something more to this life 
um, uh, this message of uh, this love of God is for you. It's for me. No matter where you are in your sin and your brokenness and your hopelessness, uh, if you're willing to take a step towards Christ, he'll meet you in that place. And you can do that um, in your seat. You can do it as we sing in a few minutes. You can uh, come to the back and there'll be some of us who would love to pray with you. Um, uh, the, the second challenge of that is, is the reality that this message of God's love is what has been entrusted to us as the church. This is what's been entrusted to us as the church and as the people of God. And there is no other message that has the, 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 the ability to transform a human heart from the inside out. And so what are we going to do in our everyday life with this message and what's been entrusted to us? Uh, thank you guys for being vulnerable. Thanks for allowing us as a church family to kind of journey with you. And um, thanks for allowing us just to hear how God's doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Stand up. I'll pray for you guys. Go ahead and stand up. I'm going to pray for you guys and, and for us. Uh, Father, thank you for Brian and Janelle and for Jensen and Tessa and Thad and for uh, just what you're doing in their lives, not only for these last three years, but just the ongoing work that you're doing. Thank you for um, the Spirit of God enliven them. May you help them continue to allow this, this hope in Christ to work uh, in them and work out of them to the people around them. And Lord, I, I pray that for all of us. Thank you that um, uh, in Christ all things... Uh, were created by him and for him, uh, that in, uh, as human uh, persons we were created in your image, and that um, those, though our brokenness of, the brokenness of sin mars that image, Lord, thank you that in Jesus Christ, his life and in his death, you have made a way for us to be recreated. So I pray for, for each one of us that we would enter into that, that recreation that comes to the person of Christ. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks.